Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Whether you're a prince, a princess, or anywhere in between, welcome to Katie Keencast. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, Chief Dreamer. I'm Pete. Uh, just regular Dreamer, Pete, or have you been promoted to Senior Dreamer at this point? Uh, I'm pretty old, so probably Senior. <laughs> Pete's the Under Dreamer. He's just uh, working his way up the Dream Charts to be the Big Dreamer. <laughs> Uh, started as a dream catcher, and now he's here. We're going to be talking about Chapter 6, Mama Said, the latest episode of Katie Keen, and we'll do a little bit of a recap here before we get into it. The main thing that you need to know is that Katie Keen, aspiring fashion designer working at Lacey's Department Store, has broken up with her longtime and first ever beau, K.O. Kelly, a sexy boxer. Now, she's been reeling uh, from that, but slowly repairing herself, repairing her heart, along with her friends, including Jorge Lopez, who is an aspiring drag queen uh, under the name Ginger Lopez. She works at a place called Molly's Crisis, and so far, everything has been smooth there, but this episode, Molly's Crisis... Goes into crisis. Uh, we'll talk more what? about that. Okay. No, about that. I mean, I mean, there's a little bit of a crisis on Infinite Molly's. If you <laughs> want to talk about that, it's interesting using the word crisis in this day and age. Uh, Trying to figure out yeah. exactly what that means. Yeah, I think crisis yep. is not the word to use right now. I mean, listen, it's okay. Should we call it Molly's pandemic? Would you? Prefer- <laughs> oh my god, you went the wrong way, bro. I love oh, that. I did. Oh, I went backwards. Okay, we'll meet me at Molly's part. pandemic. We're gonna get <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's what's going on with Jorge Ginger. Uh, Jorge came out as Ginger Lopez uh, to her mom uh, last episode, so that was very sweet and nice. Uh, and she was a bit of a dancer, a Broadway actor, or something back in the day. I don't know if it's been totally specified, uh, but she is very proud of him, so yes. that's nice. Now, the other friends you need to know about, there's Pepper Smith. Pepper Smith is opening a place called The Pepper Plant. She has been working with a aspiring director who's currently going to Tisch School of the Arts. His name is Raj. Uh, Raj is definitely not there because currently he's filming porn uh, that Pepper has been tweaking, no pun intended, into oh sort of like uh, art porn, I guess we can yeah, call it. Yeah, exactly. And I know that line because I'm not gross looking at regular porn. I exclusively look at art <laughs> pornography. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emphasis wanna, on the art. A lot I'll of it's just what. still lives of uh, fruit. Mm-hmm. If I want to jack off, I only go to the Met. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh Thank God. you for using the grossest possible <laughs> term for masturbation, by the way, oh Alex. Yeah, sorry about that. What are we, three minutes into the podcast? Jesus right. Christ. Strong, strong, choice. Just, strong choice of words from Mr. Zalbin. Parent. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Parent of two. Listen, man, that's how In charge of made, two I people. Think. Not that's accurate, how... Alex. Not accurate. All right. Well, check out my other doctor podcast. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so Pepper has opened the Pepper plant. Uh, we should also mention she is a con woman and was working with Dee Dee, a woman that she was also in a romantic relationship with, who worked at a hotel that she was scamming her way into staying at. So that's kind of what's going on with Pepper. Last person you need to know about is Josie McCoy. Josie McCoy is, of course, from Riverdale, a town somewhere. Probably upstate mm-hmm. New York. Not entirely clear. Oh, come on. Uh, and she, her mother's name is Sierra McCoy. Now, when we knew Sierra McCoy back in Riverdale days, she was always fiercely supportive of Josie. She was her number one fan. She was also used to be the manager. manager. She also used to be the mayor. She was and is a lawyer. And her dad... Uh, I believe Miles McCoy was a famous musician who wanted nothing to do with her. But as we discover this episode, it seems like the dynamic has switched a little bit. The other thing you need to know about Josie is she's been mixing up with the uber-rich Cabot family, including romancing Alex Cabot, uh, who is her manager and also working on music with her, that has been partially at the behest of his dad, Mr. Cabot, uh, who has been paying her to make an EP and also keep Alex on the straight and narrow. You know who doesn't like that is Alex's sister, Zandra Cabot, who is actually not his biological sister and dated him back in the day in high school before the parents got married. Not creepy. I mean, it's pretty normal. It's just a thing that happens. And maybe still wants to date him. I think so. I think there's a little bit of romance interest going on there. Wait, wait, you guys seriously don't think that's creepy? uh, What about the Brady Bunch? You know they were hooking up. Come on, man. In in canon, they were hooking up. That's not See? true. That is not yeah. true. <laughs> you obviously watched uh, different episodes of the Brady Bunch than I did. Okay, what's yeah. going on? He watched art episodes of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> art Brady Bunch. <laughs> yes. So with that out of the way, that recap. Let's jump into it. Talk about Mama said Justin. You want to walk us through this one? Let's do it. So we kick it off with Katie. Uh, as we fa- fig- we saw her do last episode, she finished her application to Parsons, and she runs it down not to her local um, post office, but to a very mailbox. special mailbox. Yeah. Uh, in her old neighborhood where she has a vision of her mom, uh, who is sort Super of sweet. heralding her application. What's that? Yeah. It was a very me. touching, beautiful moment. I really like that. Yes. Uh, do you have any? I mean, we always try to talk about New York moments here mm-hmm. on Ooh, this podcast. Do you favorite have mailboxes? F- favorite mailboxes. Well, I got your favorite mail. I gotta say, when they turned all the mailboxes into R two D twos to celebrate Star Wars anniversary or something, that was glorious. Mm-hmm. I was taking my picture next to like every mailbox I saw. It was great. Oh, Pete, that, I hate to break it to you. That was when you were hit over the head with a shovel, and you dreamed <laughs> that for several weeks. Wait, was the shovel was, uh, shaped like R2-D2? Is that how it... That's exactly right. A special no, Star Wars shovel. crazy. Like... That really happened. Uh, no, okay, uh, it doesn't seem true. I uh, I got to say about the mailboxes nowadays, not to sound like a crazy oh old man, my God. but uh, have the ones near you, by you, have they taken away the flippy flap thing? Yeah, yeah, you just got like they just have a in. slot there. Yes, old man's then album. I, for, I forget every single time, and I start grabbing it and trying to pull it, and it just doesn't work. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Write your Congress person. <laughs> yes. No, come yeah, on, guys. I, you know what? You don't remember when they did up the trash, the uh, mailboxes like R two D two? That was cool. Hold on a second. Was it mailboxes or was it trash cans? It was mailboxes. Okay. <laughs> I will say it makes sense if it was It was a thing in New York City, you assholes. Admit it. I do remember the cows. Are you thinking of the cows? The art cows? They were around. Are you seriously not going to back me up on this? No, I do remember this. This is true. I will back you up on it. Uh, All right. uh, Let's keep going. So next up, we're back in the apartment, and we uh, learn that uh, Katie has only ever been with one man, K.O. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, That was interesting as well. I saw a couple of people being upset at Pepper for being like, what? What are you talking about? Why have you only had one boyfriend? Um, I a lot of the conversations in this episode felt very reminiscent from being in my 20s in New York, honestly, like things like there's some people that don't have as much experience. I certainly remember hanging out with my friend group and you're always talking about like. 
to be frank, like, how many people have you dated? How many people have you kissed? How many people have you slept with? Come on, you got to go out. You got to get back on the horse. All of that stuff. So, again, like, to me, this all rang very true, I felt. Yeah, especially, like, where there's different levels of experience between different people. Like, the fact that uh, Katie's with her, was was with her high school sweetheart. I think that's very true. And other people who are like, oh, I didn't even... Uh, date anybody and then I've been um, just uh, everywhere for the last year when I moved to New York and went crazy like that that feels very real um, I, I think the important part here is that first off uh, Salbin that's a that you have a very close group of friends that you shared how many people you slept with um, but uh, I, I think that like I'd never um, tell you though just to be clear Pete I, I don't want to know Salbin don't ever tell me um, but I thought it was super sweet. <laughs> I thought it was super sweet how she kind of really talked about like the important parts in her life, the milestones that she wants KO there and she misses him, you know, and it's just a little upsetting that the friends were just like, no, fuck that dude, you know, move on you with play your the life. Field. Yeah, but I, I think that's yeah. very friend group thing to do to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's get over this. Let's move on because they, they're just trying to help. Right. I don't think they're being callous of their relationship. I think they are being her cheerleader. And that's what friend groups do is they're saying, you're great. Obviously, I mean, with the exception of, in this case, K.O. Kelly is a perfect guy. So I don't think they can be, can't do the typical, like, your K.O. sucks. You're great. You're so much better than him because that's not true. Um, But they are being a cheerleader. They're like, no, you got to get past this. You're better than this. You got to be happy. Here's an easy way to be happy. Just have a random hookup, get past that, no pun intended, hub, and then you will feel much better. Well, sure. I mean, there's a little validity to what you're saying, but like, uh, I think that. Regardless of who's better or whatever, I just think that, like, when someone's like, oh, man, I really miss the person that I was in love with for a big chunk of my life, uh, you know, maybe one friend would be like, cool, man, maybe you should listen to that a little bit. Also, but if you feel like you should move on, okay, like, there's we are in New York City, you know, so, like, I can understand it. I was just a little upset that not one of the group friend uh, was also being like, hey, you know, like, sure, but also like, hey, I'll seem pretty cool. That, that's a, I don't know, Pete. That's a crazy thing to say if your friends going through a breakup and say, like, yeah, it sucks, but man, Ko was cool. just to be clear i'm watching you on this tv show my name is pete lepage and i really ship ko with you i'm hoping you guys get back together but do what you need to do yeah it's like effectively saying hey wallow in your heartbreak it was good and you lost it (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just saying that like you know you know i don't know man i'm just no uh, i totally get what you're saying but i think what you're saying is from the perspective of somebody who is watching Katie and KO on the show and knows the dramatic arc and how their emotions work and that they are ultimately going to get back together. Uh, but first, you don't Katie needs else. to go on this journey. And I, there's a difference between like, just to get back to the whole real life friend group thing, there's a difference between it's you one on one, you're having a late night conversation, your friend is sobbing because they broke up with the love of their life and you're consoling them. At that point, you're not like, go out now at three in the morning and go hook up. Woo! You're not, that's not the time for that. That's when you give them that, yes, this was great. You were great in this relationship. I know, I know. And you just listen and you hold them and that's it. But at this point, when they're getting ready to go out for the night, that is the point when you're like, Go out and fuck somebody. Like, get over this and get on to the next thing. Does it work when you're getting over a big breakup to go out and hook up with somebody? I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is if somebody is talking about, like, I miss KO. KO's the best. Man, it would be great if KO is here. I would just say, like, hey, maybe not going on or uh, going out. Maybe you need to, like, why is this still coming up for you if you're not over him, you know? She, I think what it is, Pete, is you miss KO. <laughs> yes. To answer your question, though, Justin, I think, no, it doesn't make you feel better. It makes you feel worse, but it mm. redirects your pain in a different direction. Oh, it makes you 
changes the pain? What, yeah. What pain well, are you directing <laughs> toward this other person? This <laughs> other prince? No, what I mean is like... The prince talked particularly, about that. He was like, he, in the episode, he was talking about how like it's a different kind of pain. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what I'm saying is like, she is messed up over her breakup with KO. I don't think just to jump ahead when she eventually hooks up with Prince or when she's talking with this hot photographer guy going through with that doesn't necessarily make her feel better or good about it. Even Uh though momentarily you feel good because of reasons. I think ultimately you're like, Oh my God, I betrayed the person that I was in love with. Maybe there was this chance that we were going to get back together. You go through a lot of conflicting emotions, but it allows them to change and grow beyond just that initial heartache, which allows them to diffuse a little more, which does actually allow you to move on, which is why it's a rebound, not a perma bound. Yeah. Wow. Their license therapist, Alex Albin. Oh, my God, why did I sleep with the prince and ruin a marriage that was, like, happening and, like, could have happened? And, oh, my God, that was fucked up. I don't know. I think it works every time. (laughs) So let's jump back into the episode. Um, We get uh, Jorge's story. The Jorge Ginger story is all about these uh, other queens sort of invading Ginger's space. Um, There's a big uh, competition throughout the episode for uh, Miss Washington Heights. And it's, uh, it's feisty. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I got to be honest. This is not. I felt like I was missing fifty percent of the things that were happening in the episode because most of them were drag race references and other things. Yeah, and I told my wife, who does watch Drag Race, I was like, "Oh, Shangela is on this episode. Is she somebody?" And she's like, "Shangela." So, yeah. uh, and I was like, "I don't know. This actress is this is great. This drag performance is great. This is super fun." But I don't have a reference for who this is. And when uh, during the when the cast was tweeting and everything, they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad we got to work in this reference." And I was like, "I don't know what this reference is. I'm so sorry." Yeah, um, but still, very fun arc at the same time. Great. Yeah, we get a scene with uh, Jorge and his mom. I love how she's really in this fight uh, with with him. Yeah, it was great. Really great. Uh, I love the scene that with Jorge and the. Uh, the other queen when they're um, auditioning for something unrelated, dancing and like just talking shit to each other. That yeah, was the rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, was- so good. All the smack talk was good. I mean, you mentioned the scene with the mother, her teaching him how to smize and him being oh. terrible. Oh, at yeah, it that was, was yeah. so funny. funny. She looked like so perfect, and then Ore looked like so menacing and like freaked out. It was really great. He looked like the Joker. Yeah. That's yeah. what he looked like. And Maniacal. then the mom being like, you're a Lopez. You can do it. was really, I loved them teaming up. Yeah. And but I also think it, that that's not who Ginger Lopez is. Uh, she's not that type of queen who's like looks, has those yeah. devil eyes, I think. Uh, and maybe what we're going to see by the going forward from what we learn later in the episode is that uh, Ginger's like a much more sensitive, uh, soulful uh, drag yeah. queen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, which is great. I mean, I think we've talked about this almost every episode, but the Jorge Ginger storyline is so nuanced and interesting. Um, A lot of it, a lot of the show in a very good way is very pop and it's very uh, exactly what you need it to be in terms of the fairy tale storyline or the music storyline. But the Ginger Jorge storyline, I feel like they bring so much more subtlety to in terms of the emotions and the thrust of the plot and everything for just good stuff. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's always a great. Part and, of the, uh, why don't we go talk about um, pepper and Josie and then come back to uh, Jorge Katie for the end. Okay. Um, sure. Cause they sort of exist on their own pepper. Um, she has a date with um, Raj, uh, I believe yeah. is his name. Raj. And they, uh, they are um, connecting. There's this relationship is sort of she's trying to grift him, but she does like him mm-hmm, uh, for mm-hmm. sure. And then Dee Dee shows up at the pepper plant. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, uh, want to mention this was another thing. And again, I've just been I felt completely lost while everybody was tweeting. But there was a dish that he was making at the beginning, like omelet franchise or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a reference to either Real Housewives or Vanderpump Rules or something. Because everybody was like, we're so glad we got that in. And again, I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I feel like I need to study for the show. Yeah, that's okay. You don't need to get all of them. 
I have to get everything. I have wow. to be the smartest one in the room. See, that's <laughs> that's my problem with you. Oh, jeez. Wow, let's you get into it. You know what my problem with you is, Pete? What? You make these look good. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, that's uh, a reference. Yeah, Pete it's like a get. weird men in black thing. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised. Uh, we weren't quite sure what was going on with the Raj Pepper DD situation. Um, I was surprised how this turned out that Pepper clearly seems to be much more into Raj than DD. Mm-hmm. And DD, on the other hand, eventually yeah. turning out to be like, I'm going to blackmail you to be teaching me how to be a con woman. Um, I, I like how that's going. I just would not have predicted that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that DD was kind of like, I know what you're doing. This is fucked up. I want my cut. So I was happy about like her standing up for herself. But then uh, I'm hoping their relationship will be cool. It'll be like, you know, teaching her how to be a grifter and stuff in New York City would be fun to see. Do you think that we're going to get a thruple? Do you think DD, Pepper, and Raj are all going to end up together? Yeah. Yes? Just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What? Okay. Oh, I, I was asking, do you think uh, Didi, Raj, and Pepper are going to end up as a thruple? Oh, no, I don't think that. Well, by the end of the day, so let's get there. Like, uh, Pepper is about to, is trying to grift. She talks to Didi about, like, hey, uh, come back later. We'll settle up our relationship. I'm trying to grift this guy. She eventually feels bad about doing that mm-hmm. um, and tells him, basically, like, huh, I was going to do this, and now I'm not. Um, right. Which, which, was, which, which was nice to see. Yeah, it was nice to see her let out some actual... You got to see her a little bit, I think. Because her mm-hmm. character's tricky. We know she's a, a con artist, but we're meant to like her, despite the fact that she's sort of lying to everyone all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know well, if she I actually think... made out with Jared Leto. He, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that either. It's probably a lie, but the fact that, like, um, she feels like she has to put on this fakeness for her friends, I, I feel like it's really going to become an issue well, later. I don't know. There was, of all the things she has ever said, I went on one date with Jared Leto and all he gave was butterfly kisses. Seemed like very real. That seemed well, like very that funny. Is, yes, very funny, but very real. He bailed people rats. Okay, but yeah. Suicide Squad. All right. Rats and butterfly kisses. Great joke. Great That's joke. the name of my first album, Pete. <laughs> I yeah. would never buy it. Rats and butterfly oh, kisses. My God. Yeah, very smashing Two pumpkins, right? I give to you. Uh, anyway, all the I'm songs done. are from the perspective of a different Jared Leto character. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so then we have um, Pepper, uh, then at the end of the episode, is with Dee Dee again. And Dee Dee, she's like, oh, I don't have the money for you. And uh, Dee Dee's like, okay, um, I'll work for you. I want you to teach me how to be a con artist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, which, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how this goes going forward. That's why I was saying, like, maybe a thruple, because clearly she doesn't want to give up Raj. She has these feelings for Raj. At the beginning of the episode, Pepper's like, I don't take off my socks if there's any hint that it's going to be a relationship. And her socks are off by the end of the episode. Uh, yeah. But I think there's clearly unresolved feelings with Dee Dee at the same time. Well, I think I just I don't think there'll be a thruple because now Dee Dee and uh, and Pepper are entering this sort of uh, mentor mentee relationship, which feels like will yeah. undercut any other other relationship. Sure, but they're working closely together, and things happen yeah. sometimes. No, I know you've been all, every job you've been fired from, Alex, has been because you've pursued a workplace romance. <laughs> Please don't say that. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, I mean that's not true. That's just that's categorically not true on the record. Uh, parody. Yeah. How about that? Okay, great. Yeah. Parody yeah, you laws. sounded totally fine. <laughs> with response. Oh, my God. Uh, Pete's my lawyer, right? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. I just didn't want to go with that line of joking at all. No, no? Okay. No. Now you know how we feel when you bring up some weird ass shit. <laughs> oh, huh. Very good. You feel very good. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, so let's jump back and talk about Josie. Um, yeah. A lot of big stuff happening for her. I feel like Josie, the past couple of episodes, she always has a secret that, that she's keeping from someone that she hates, that she has to do it. Mm-hmm. But she does. Yeah. And, well, this one, 
I mean, I think the big thing here beyond her figuring out the thing with Alex, of course, is that Sierra McCoy comes down. Oh, yeah. Presumably from Riverdale. It's not exactly specified where she's just been, I don't think. Uh, But she comes into the apartment. Josie's very nervous. Something has clearly changed in the relationship over the past five years. Riverdale could be, at this point, Riverdale could be in space. (laughs) Yeah, uh, absolutely. Or underground in hell or something like that. Or it's all Um, in the sex bunker. Yeah, they're all in the sex bunker. Uh, so, yeah, Sierra comes down, and she they're getting busy. They're cleaning up the apartment, and Sierra comes in uh, and is like, tell you about your lives, what's going on, and they're all pausing about it. Hot goss. She like, wants the hot goss. She wants the hot goss, and everybody's very awkward and nervous, which I think is pretty funny because if anybody asked Sierra McCoy any hot goss about anything, she'd be like, well, let me tell you a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah, she's very intense. Yes. Um, she's great, though. It was great to see yes. her again. great to see her. Yeah, particularly because she's been off Riverdale for a while, so it was nice seeing her in this context. Yeah, she saved up all that energy, that all that momentum, and just burst into this show. Um, and she's out there fighting uh, hard for Josie when, um, I guess we can go to the party. Uh, mm-hmm. Josie has a, a little party that everyone comes to. It's her, sort of her big um, album uh, yeah, it's in the off. basement, which means they did fix it up and get it all decked out. Yeah, it's yeah. a listening party for her EP. So they finished recording the EP. She has a very sweet scene with Alex where they're sitting down and they're listening to it. Uh, in between the listening party, Zandra gets the contract and shows it to Alex oh. and reveals that Josie has basically been paid to date him. So he's wasted by the time that he gets there to the party uh, and, of course, tries to ruin it. But this is uh, having watched a lot of shows where people come in and ruin parties. This was a very light ruining. Like this was in the span of things. It was more he got a little drunk and came in and disrupted it a little bit. But yeah, um, it was still really impressive that Josie was able to sing after that. Like what a fucking dick move just before her big. Kind of like debut, he shows up drunk and is like, hey, fuck you. And then she's like, get out of here. And then it's like, oh, Josie, go up and sing on stage. I was like, man, that's brutal. Yeah. But I think that's what the point was. She was able to rise right above that. But I would argue, like, it wasn't like he was there to disrupt it in an angry way. It's like he was upset. He was sad. It was a sadness driven uh, yeah. disruption as opposed to, like, I'm going to ruin this. Well, that's what I thought was interesting about it, because I would feel like normally in this situation on a show, you would have him come in and he'd like knock over the microphone and be like, I have something to say about my client, Josie. She's been dating me for money. Fuck you, dad. And then stumble off and actually ruin the party. Sort of a Star is Born style peer pants situation. I still haven't seen it. Oh, don't spoil it. What? Earmuffs. Earmuffs. (laughs) Zalvin. You really haven't seen that movie? Yeah, I really haven't seen it. That's insane. I... Can I tell you my more insane reason for not oh wanting to see God, it? I don't yes. want to hear I initially this. skipped it. I got annoyed by the idea that Bradley Cooper discovered Lady Gaga. <laughs> You're so dumb. Wow. You're Yo, the dumbest guy. So picky. <laughs> You're so yeah. dumb. Alex, that's petty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, come on. He was he was Cindy's friend on Alias. That's all he'll ever be. Wow. Why do you hate Bradley Cooper? He's a I, star. He's I the love star who's born. How smart and how dumb you are at the same time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that and I hate it. <laughs> which is which? Um well there's a there's a scene. And let me say that movie is the first half is is good. And the second half is sort of bad. Yeah, I can't watch In the, the sec- second the second half is a bummer, but in yeah, the second so half, it's your he, favorite. You put it in halves. It's a movie you can put into halves. Oh man. Again, no spoilers. I don't even want to know if there's halves, two halves of the movie. Oh. Um, yeah, it's more like three halves. <laughs> oh, okay. And anyway, uh, Bradley Cooper pees his pants. You should see that clip anyway, because uh, it's embarrassing <laughs> for your most hated enemy, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. All right. I'll check out that clip and that's it. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, wow, how'd you know what anyone was talking about for like four months last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just wanted to take another look at them, you know? So, and then wow. I did. Wow. Um, anyway, back into the story. Uh, Josie, um, after the Alex interruption, uh, Josie sings her song, Her and Chubby. 
Chubs. Yeah. Very cute. Sing very the song cute. together. Yeah. Very yeah. nice and sweet. Uh, Josie's mom threatens um, Mr. Cabot. Oh, yeah, during the song. that. Classic. Leans over. I felt like it was a little rude because she could have waited the three minutes (laughs) until Josie was done with the song. But at the same time, it was a pretty epic thrashing, which was nice. But, like, you imagine Josie, if she would have looked over and just saw her mom. I mean, because the look on her face, she was like, I will fucking end you. I was like, Jesus. (laughs) She's a maniac. Just ask Hiram Lodge. Yes, just ask Hiram Lodge And again, I wanted him to be like I don't know who that is I don't get that I don't watch Riverdale Yeah, why do you keep referencing these people? That's a fictional show This show's real (laughs) Um, But yeah, she threatens her And then there's a sweet scene With Sierra and Josie Right after that Where she kind of is like Again, I like the emotional intention of the scene where she's like, you're better than this. You're better than this trashy soap opera that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. It was, it was kind of sweet. It was nice. It was kind of sweet, but it was also kind of weirdly also a little mean where she was like, I'll always be here to pick up the pieces. Like, oh, so Josie's always going to be in pieces. But like it was sweet, but it was also a little little bit of a dig. Well, that's still a nice thing to say. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. imply that she's always going to be in pieces, I think. Yeah. I think I understand what you're saying, Pete, but I do think, like, this has always been... It, this part did feel very Riverdale to me because it was these heightened circumstances that they are used to dealing with. And as opposed to Pepper, who's like, I'm just living my life and conning a couple of people. And isn't this fun? Or Katie who's like, am I going to choose this boxer or this prince? Josie's like, I came from a murder town. Mom, you also came from a murder town where people are constantly being murdered. Things are going to fall apart at any second. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was apparent there in the way that they were talking to each other. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. It was, and it's supposed to was a nice little scene that said a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And really justified her, Sierra's uh, being in the episode. Well, the main part was Josie really seemed to be moved by it, and she did like a great job acting in this because the camera was on her face for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think eventually she does talk to Alex, and they kind of make up, right? Yeah, they had a great um, emotional connection moment where he's like, "Hey, the reason my dad wanted you to date me is because I'm I'm an addict. Mm-hmm. He wanted you to like, keep your eye your eye on me is that I'm an addict. It's a problem I have, and I actually owe you an apology." Which I think he has said in every episode. Yeah, every episode. Yes. Um, but I do think this episode convinced me that their relationship is actually a thing. It feels real. Yeah, right. But what's upsetting is Josie was all. She's like, oh, it's he's not like that all the time. It's like, well, Josie, it's been almost. Uh, you know, we've only had six apps. It's happened a handful of times here. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see. He's gonna continue to be a disaster area bad boy. I think. Well, for yeah. the rest of the run of the show, that's sort of his thing. Maybe he'll... he is a bad boy, but he's not good at being a bad boy. Yeah, right. He's a bad bad boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. bad bad boy. Right. Can we talk? Uh, get back to the. Uh, so, so let's jump back and talk about Katie Keene. You know, Ooh, the... you don't want to Jorge Ginger. Yeah, leave that wait, for wait, last? wait. I want to finish I off the they... drag show. Uh, okay, it's just there. It dovetails. Okay, we can do. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Because the uh, Francois moment, I was like, oh, my God, yes. I'm so happy about this. Like, what a great way to use Francois more in the show. Uh, so to explain what that is, uh, there's a um, <laughs> big uh, big drag show um, where everyone's competing. Uh, Jorge Ginger, Miss, very nervous. Miss Washington Heights. Yeah, Miss, Miss Washington, Washington Heights. Heights pageant. Indeed. Um, and there's a lot of sabotage going on um, against Ginger, putting Ginger on the outside. Francois shows up as the queen, queen, queen. Oh, man. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Vivi? I don't, I don't remember what it was. Vivi Delight or something like that. Yeah. Whatever uh, it was. Uh, fantastic. And what a good, a good reveal there. What a it, great it, reveal. It made... We've talked about uh, Francois being Katie's uh, sort of fairy godmother at the store, yeah. just like in maybe a ghost. But this it was the first episode where I was like, yes, Francois has a purpose um, being here for everyone and uh, is a, more of a part of the show rather than just a 
uh, a person that keeps Katie's balloon in the air. Yeah. The yeah. fairy drag um, mother was just uh, well, oh, so awesome. VV Humble. That's the name of the, that's the drag name. Uh, but yeah, they have the pageant and uh, Shangela or whatever her name is actually in the show. I think it's Devereaux uh, yeah. sabotages Ginger. Over and over again. Out. Nobody's going to say anything to the judges. Just you're going to go. She doesn't though, lose points for that. Though Ginger kind of sabotages herself at the same time, like comes up, yeah. is not able to do the speech, is almost not able to sing when it's her time to sing. And then ultimately does a beautiful version of Pretty Hurts, uh, even acapella once the music is cut out, uh, which is great. But it makes sense that Devereaux wins at the end and not yeah. Ginger. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, that's I why guess. I really like the way they did you it. You like it like, when cheaters win, you fucking asshole? I do. Uh, fucking evil but Cornell I think bastard. her losing... That's why I root for the Yankees, Pete. Oh, don't bring fucking... Oh, I really, the original I, cheaters. Don't yeah, uh, wait. I, first off, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm talking no, about. No, you don't know what you're talking about. So don't just fucking say some random shit. Because people who care about that shit get upset about that. And do you know anybody like that, Pete? Nope. <laughs> uh, really, it's the Astros that cheated. <laughs> mm. Um, but I, I love the way this, uh, the storyline unfolds here because having uh, ginger lose and being sad and then having Francois come in and say, Oh, Hey, um, let me be your, uh, fairy drag mother. I, you have something that no one else had up there heart basically. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that we build up your, uh, build up ginger to be just this unstoppable queen. Yes. Yeah. I would love it if Francois slowly works his way into all four of the main characters because he's only that for the Katie. Now he's that for Jorge and Ginger. So maybe he'll just show up at the pepper plant and be like, I'll help you realize your art dreams, <laughs> Pepper. Yeah. That's that total character domination. Yeah. The one exactly. queen musical, though, sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's happening next episode. They're going to do Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, yeah. wow. All show. It sounded crazy to me when they heard it, where they're like, we're doing a musical episode of Katie Keene. And I was like, what have I watched for the last six episodes? <laughs> yeah. But they're going to raise the stakes. And I, what I like about this show, as opposed to Riverdale, which is um, moves very quickly, but there's all like sort of a long storylines. Mm-hmm. This show is like storyline, setup, storyline, setup. Like it mm-hmm. moves very uh, quickly. We don't have to wait long for this full musical episode which is great yeah uh let's talk about katie because big stuff happens there oh my great story i'm not ready uh this is good stuff so um gloria uh is uh gloria calls katie in and is like um the prince and princess and future princess are uh, not getting along uh there's trouble in paradise and it's up to katie to go back and forth and try to fix everything and we should mention, if you, in case you forgot at all, uh, this is Prince Errol Swoon, who yes. Katie has helped out a couple of times. Yeah. Specifically, uh, his uh, regular, regular normo bride uh, to be helped <laughs> her find an outfit. <laughs> what? That's a funny way of saying it. Uh, helped her find, uh, help her find a dress to wear, designed their engagement ring. So uh, has helped them out several times. Yeah. been very she much ha- part of the relationship. She has helped them, but there has been some palpable chemistry between her and the prince. Right. And that she acts like isn't there, mm-hmm. which is a little upsetting, even though there's at one point in the photo shoot where the photographer stops taking pictures and looks over at her and is like, yeesh. Yeah, yeah, that whole scene where the photographer is like, yeah, 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 and pulls his finger <laughs> yeah. up with his collar. Yeah. His tongue comes out, his heart starts pounding. Yeah. Ha-hoo-ga. Yeah. I, uh, with, uh, before we skip by it, though, there was a line that I wrote down that Catherine Lanasa says as Gloria uh, when she's telling Katie what she's going to do, and she says, your royal engagement announcement photo shoot but the way she says it, it is so like she's singing it almost. And it was yeah. such a funny line. Which is like your royal engagement announcement photo shoot. It's a great episode for Gloria. She does a good job um, of being this sort of like Devil Wears Prada, almost Cruella de Vil, but also like 
mentor to Katie in some ways. She's just like so much. And she's also like this fantastical character that sort of sings her lines sometimes. Yeah. Uh, It's just, uh, there's so much going on with her. And this episode was a great showcase. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, they do have the photo shoot. Uh, Prince Errol Swoon can't put his shirt on. Uh, the Normo bride doesn't want to wear what? What you don't like Normo? <laughs> no, I think it's great. There's just a wild ambulance here um, to pick me up. <laughs> That's fine. They're picking you up after the heart attack because you were so excited about me saying the word Normo so many times. Yeah, Normo. Uh, so she doesn't want to wear the fancy clothes. What Katie comes up with is, why don't they have a dress down? Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah. And so they take photos there. Uh, and that's the point when Katie decides to take everybody's advice and asks the photographer out to Josie's uh, listening party. Listening party, yeah. yeah. Well, two things happen um, before that. Uh, we get um, Katie seeing Kale with Zandra on the street. Ooh, right. Yeah, and he uh, clearly looks like he's working there. I mean, he's sitting on the hood of the car. No, they yes. looked intimate, Pete. Um, and he it, did now, touch I, her back. He touched her back. It's not a bodyguard thing to do. Uh, let me say, it seemed very coincidental that um, Katie happened to be walking by and see this like very big thing. But I got to say, that's very New York. Yes, that like, is very New York. It's one of those things for people that don't live here. There's, I don't know, I want to say 8 million stories in the Naked City, approximately. And so you never expect to see people you know, even particularly when you're like outside your area. You almost always see people you know. Almost everywhere is what yeah, I find. Um, I have a good story for that. So um, I'm uh, I'm married now, um, and Spoiler. we dated for a long time. Oh, congratulations! Uh, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> Big news. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, ladies. I'm married. Uh, oh boy. So <laughs> we um, before we were married, we dated for a long time, and we broke up for a, a section, like a year and a half. Yep. And uh, so I was dating this uh, this other girl, and I had wanted to be with my now wife Molly for a, l- a long time. She broke up with me, and I was like heartbroken. But I did date I other remember. people. Yeah, you remember. Um, so I was dating this girl um, Ashley, and uh, so one day um, I'm taking a cab with her, dropping her off at work, and I kiss Ashley. She goes off to her job. Turn around, and there's Molly. Wow. On the street, pushing a baby carriage because she was babysitting, uh, which is very telling for the future. And she just happened to be walking by the street corner where I got out, uh, kissed this girl. And in that moment, Molly got upset, started crying. That's the moment where I think she was like, oh, I can't let this uh, relationship slip away. And right after that, we got back together, got married, and now we have kids. Wow. So that that to me is a very... uh, it's the same type of New York coincidence that this show uses so well. And that's a hundred percent true. And wow. weirdly, the weird thing about this is Ashley is the protagonist of this story was yeah. what you're getting. Right? Yes. And you fucked her over, man. <laughs> yeah. You fucked over Ashley. Yeah. I, I'm the villain. Uh, yes. You're the villain. You're the Errol Swood in this situation. Uh, thank you. Um, do you guys have, what are any crazy New York coincidences? Uh, I don't know. I keep uh, showing up at random places, and you two keep forcing me to do podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite a coincidence. Us again. Yeah, huh? I'm trying to think of any coincidences. Oh, uh, a weird one, which I should have really taken as a sign, was uh, the day uh, I'm. Now divorced, but uh, when I was about to get engaged to get married, the day I ordered my ring is the day I saw my ex. Uh, she just happened to show up, and then later the day that day my ring showed up, and it was like this weird moment where I saw her, and it was like a sign where I was like, I shouldn't be getting married. And we should mention your ex is named Ashley, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I can't really... I mean, uh, all of the things that I'm thinking of are like, oh, I saw two coworkers at Target the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not interesting. That's yeah, not good. weird. Good story. Sort of on the same level as your story. Yeah, sick story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> she sees him. Uh, I will say in that moment, 
there was a part of me, I wasn't sure which direction they're going, either the mistaken, not mistaken identity, but the mistaken thing where what it turned out to be that he is just working as a bodyguard for Zandra. That was super clear. uh, Which, yes, was super clear, but there was a part of me that's like, Zandra would track down K.O. and date him just to get at Katie, and I feel like that's still a possibility. Yeah, she hasn't played that card yet, and she's dying to do so. Right, I think so. The other thing I want to say is we get um, Katie going back and forth between the prince and the princess. We get a topless prince, big time, and very strong vibes from the prince toward Katie, even here. Yeah, I mean, they clearly have a lot of chemistry. Like, she has chemistry with the photographer, but not as much as with the prince at all. Yeah, it's upsetting to see that because it's like she doesn't realize that um, yeah. the prince is going to be marrying somebody and that marriage is going to be at their job. And so, like, as her boss told her earlier, it's important that she tries to save this relationship. But apparently she doesn't give a fuck about any of that. Uh, she's uh, I maybe maybe I'm being a little more lenient because this is a TV show, you know, but I think. She is living her 20s, and part of your 20s is making dumb mistakes that you pivot off of later. And this is one of those things. Obviously, this is a much bigger mistake than most of us make, um, but I, I was okay with it. Like, it's, it's a rebound. It's a cute rebound. It creates complications, but she'll figure out a way of getting out of it. She's Katie Keene, and part of what she needs to do is she needs to grow up. Like we've talked about that before, and this is obviously going to lead to some important lessons for her that ultimately may make her ready to actually be with Kay. Hey, like, first off, like, hey, live your life, do do what you want to do, but it's it's hard to, like, root for somebody who's purposely tanking something there's things that are like oh i accidentally slept with that dude didn't mean to oh you know whatever like things got a hand or hey you know i'm just following my bliss great but like you know not only who he is but what he means to you and that other person who you help them stay together and then you're just gonna like fuck all that just because like he danced with you yeah Yeah, because Oh, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just going to say, like, that's not she's not purposefully fucking up their relationship. They are they have a strong connection and they're both unhappy with like the prince seems unhappy with his situation. She's just out of a relationship that she doesn't know what to do with. And like it it felt pretty natural that they would get together. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I mean, I don't know, man. I guess I'm if you Pete. In all honesty, and I don't need specifics about this, but have you ever been in a romantic relationship or a fling or one night stand or whatever that you know you should not have done, but happened anyway because of the intense chemistry between you and another person? Um, I don't and think I'll say, so. Like this is not trying to entrap you. Like I have. Like that is definitely been a thing. No, this is just like, about you bragging. Then cool. Congrats on no, whatever I'm not thing you're bragging. doing. And that's not. He's not bragging. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad, not bragging. I just want to bring this saying, up because it's Pete, happened to me. Let me tell you about it. it Pete, great. I'm not saying I'm not bragging. I'm just saying it's a super cool thing that I did one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean no, like, I, hey, it takes two to tangle. It was both their faults, but like, I was just a little surprised. Like. I like this show a lot. I love the characters. The acting's amazing. But it was like, I don't want to be stressed out about this shit. And like, I was just kind of like, no, let's not do this choice. Uh, that they have effectively you they have effectively done exactly what they need to do as a drama on television. So yeah. good job, Katie Keen. They gotcha. I don't know. I loved all of this. Um the, with the stuff with the photographer, how that seemed like the romance, and then it turned out he's a horrible kisser. There's no chemistry there. Because using that as funny. a count, using that as a counterpoint is like, oh, of course, it's she's going to end up hooking up with the prince because they have chemistry. And then yeah. this other guy who's completely available that just isn't there. That's what love is, man. Okay, yeah, you're going <laughs> to tell me about love. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm just saying that like it was fucked up uh, that both of them like threw their like. All right, great. Chemistry is great. You had one night, 
but that whole you were just about to marry and then you almost got married to KO. All right, whatever. I'm just saying, like, hey, I'm not blaming KD. You know, it took both of them. I was just, I was just a little hurt about what happened. <laughs> Don't you do that? Don't you dare, Pete? What I'm, if a princess came up to you and was just like, hey, I'm gonna wear this hat in because I'm in disguise. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go out in the town and we're gonna have a romance. You'd be like, ah, I'm sorry. What about your prince? I would be like, yeah, sorry, I'm in a relationship right now, and like, go, go, have fun. No, well, if in, you no, no. In this scenario, you're not in a relationship. You are just okay. Let's frame it up. So, Pete, in this scenario, you are an aspiring fashion designer living in New York. You work at <laughs> a department store called Lacy's. Your name I'm is Katie. In, I'm in love with Ko, and I need to realize that. The sooner I realize that, the less people I'm hurting, the less. The Kavik, I'm reading. Well, but you this. think at this current time that Ko is dating your arch enemy Zadra? She knows that's not true. Ko would do that. She knows. Honestly, Alex, I hate to say it, but I think Pete might actually be in Katie's position. <laughs> <laughs> he is in love with Ko, and he's a little nervous about the prince. Oh, okay. You got to go with your heart. Just follow your gut and be a dreamer. That's all I got to say, Pete. Oh boy. But you know what? Stay away from that fucker, Ashley, because <laughs> she she's coming for all of us. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Ashley. Okay. I hope she doesn't uh, listen to this. She definitely does. We have one listener, and I looked at the demo, demographics the other day, and it was females who uh, dated Justin and Pete living in New York <laughs> named Ashley. And wow, that was it. Big, it's huge very listenership. specific demographics. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say very small, but all right. Yeah. Um, Either way. And then there's all the people that we both dated, Pete. Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't know? Perfect. Let's never speak of it again. <laughs> so um, the uh, the other side, I mean, we've touched on a bunch of this stuff. Uh, but, I mean, we, we can talk about Gloria and Katie because um, Katie, uh, in the midst of all this, is like, Hey, Gloria, my mom worked here, and I want to know the details. Yeah. And Gloria's like, well, if it'll get you out of the office, um, I will pull her file. Very odd that the job has a file on everyone, uh, perhaps. Right. But uh, that, that tracks for me. Yeah, like that was, that's pretty regulation. Lacey's is very, very old school. So I could imagine her sending Amanda down to the storeroom to look through the files and find this one specific file on Katie's mom, which we should mention as we found out last episode. Katie's mom seemingly worked on Lacey at Lacey's, even though Katie didn't know that, and got a sewing machine gifted to her by LL. Cool, Jay. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hadn't really thought about that possibility, but that one makes sense. Yeah. Uh, And that's why we see later that LL Cool J signed the document that Gloria has. Right. Yeah. Well, so. And uh, that shot, there was, looked like a piece of paper she was hiding from Katie. mm -hmm, She added mm -hmm. it later. There's some information that she doesn't want Katie to know. And I'm still convinced that Katie is the heir. To the Lacey's fortune somehow. What? That feels like. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's definitely about her father. That Her mother was fired from Lacey's because she was having a secret affair with the son of Lacey or something like that. Wow. And I think Gloria knows because she definitely puts Katie off by saying like, hey, this secret you shouldn't know. Maybe your mom is trying to protect you. Yeah, she's literally saying protect you as she's lying to her, trying to protect her. Yeah. That will... uh, Definitely come out by the end of the this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would be surprised if Katie doesn't own Lacey's by the end of the season oh, in some way. No way. Oh, she'll be a princess and own Lacey's? That'll be I fun. I think so. Yeah. It's all working it's out. The classic ju- New York story. Jumping the shark if they did that. Mm, I don't think so. It would be jumping the shark if literally there was a shark there and they jumped it, but mm. that's the only way. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, the prince shows up at Katie's doorstep, uh, talks to her, says he's really nervous about the marriage. He doesn't think it works. They want different things. She just wanted Chinese food the first time they had a date, which is crazy. Yeah. Whew, uh, and she's like, why don't you come out to a drag show with me? Uh, and Ginger, in a very funny way, hands him a hat as a disguise. Yeah. Perfect. And it works. 
Yep. So they go to the drag show and he has a great time and they have a great time together. And as we mentioned, they end up dancing and drinking and smooching and falling into bed together. Yeah. And he's not there the next morning mm-hmm. because she gets a call from Lacey's mm-hmm. and she comes in and everybody's there and all the guards are there. And Gloria's like, come here. They want to tell you something and won't stand next to Katie. Oh, and you're like, no, oh, she won't. shit. Here we go. And the prince looks terrified. And then the the Normo says, Katie, you've been here for everything. And there's something I need to ask you. Will you design my wedding dress? Oh. And Katie's like, ha, 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 ha. This and is then great. She's, and I think this is where she says she's royally screwed. Yep. Yes. This is yep. a very funny joke. Uh, this whole thing I thought was so well just... Everything building up to that moment where Katie's in the middle of the intersection of her, like, this dream, her dream of designing dresses, her work at Lacey's, which is, like, her job that she really likes, but it's not her passion, and then her love uh, affair with this prince at the same time she still loves KO. Very good to have that all be uh, come together in this one moment. Nope. <laughs> Are you just mad because K.O. was not there? Didn't run in and be like, Katie, you really love me. And Katie was like, I do love you. End of show. No, I mean, when K.O. showed up and she was like, oh, my God, K.O., did you see her eyes? She, like, melted when she saw him a little bit. And then he's like, you were totally jealous. Oh, my God. I just was working for her. Like, chill out. Um, I was just mad that, like. I was like, okay, great. They're going to find out. She's going to have to come clean. And then it was like, nope. You can keep living this fucking lie and keep going out with the prince until you guys but, figure but, out what's going on me, and then maybe not tell the person you're about to marry and they're going to enter into a fucking lie together. What the fuck? Well, a couple things on that because I think this show has shown us way more connection between Katie and this prince than Katie and K.O. Well, definitely more heat. Well, we, but I, just, I mean, late. Katie like, and K.O. don't talk about stuff. Since they were... I mean, that's a whole lot that we didn't see. Right. But, like, they don't have big conversations. They are just, like, sort of checking in with each other. When we get these bigger conversations between Katie and the prince, and it feels bigger right now for her. Yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see how this all works out. Uh, And, I mean, it still feels very rom-com to me in the best way. I don't know if this is going to get real at any point, and certainly there are real emotions throughout the show, but there's very heightened circumstances and it could, it could end up in a way that is treated where it's very bad for everybody. Yeah. I think we'll get some of that fallout, but more likely I think there'll be romantic entanglements and spiraling insanity. And I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be fun. Agree. I just think that before this, Katie has been like a good person, and now it's just well, I'm, we're doubting a little bit of like maybe she isn't a good person. I don't think she's a bad person at all. I think she's just in the middle of uh, a lot yeah. of emotions. Well, she better start coming great. clean to some people. I don't think she's a bad person at all. She's not, Again, she's not committing like, any crimes, Pete. Yeah, she's having fun in her 20s. That's something that you do in New York. That's been the whole thing that I've been trying to impress on you this entire episode, Pete. Well, She is allowed to sleep. She, she is single. Yeah. The prince makes a mistake. Yeah. Great. Not her. Great. But now that they, they can't get married. <laughs> what? Uh, I think they can get married. Uh, not unless she comes clean. What are you, a priest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete, I actually saw the last, uh, the script uh, for the last episode of Katie Keene this season. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Katie comes clean, everything to KO, dramatic music. And then KO says, I'm sorry, Katie, I can't be with you. I have a new f- close friend, Pete LePage, and he lives in Brooklyn, <laughs> and we do stuff together, and we're friends. It's fun. One time I knelt down in front of him at a pizza place, and I handed him a slice of pizza, and he said, you made me the happiest toidle in all of New York. <laughs> There's nothing right, like Pete? a great slice of pizza. Fuck you both. All right. Uh, Now, we already, I think, covered our New York moment this episode because we talked about mailboxes, so we're good there. Uh, So if there's no final thoughts (laughs) on the episode, I think we can kind of wrap things up. 
Uh, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will chat with you about Katie Keen. Uh, also, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast. More iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen on iTunes. Please leave us a comment in particular. And listen, if you dream of finding that perfect guy out there or that perfect girl, find a couple of other guys or girls first and dream <laughs> of those too. Oh, bye bye. Keep dreaming, especially you, Pete, the underdreamer. Credit card bill.